Why is it that some people seem to have all of the time in the world to do the things that they want to do, while others struggle with zero time or freedom to truly have a life? Welcome to The Unshackled Life with Aaron Young. We're here to help you take your time back and start thinking about how to work smarter and have more fun. Now, here's your host, Aaron Scott Young. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Unshackled Life here on the Influencer Network uh, on Voice America. What a pleasure to be here. I've been gone for the last couple of weeks. Ian Wynn filled in, did a phenomenal job uh, filling in for me. The guy's a rock star, but I'm back. I'm fired up. I'm rested. I'm ready to go. And I've got a a guest today that you guys are going to love. But I want to start off by just saying a little bit, you know, the reason that we're here, the things that we're doing here are all designed to help you Go from living a life of where it kind of feels like it's dragging you along, like you're uh, sort of a, a victim of your own success or you're not able to get doing the things that you really would love to be doing. What I want to do is help you learn the, the skills, the tips, the, the, the best practices um, so that you get not only a great successful business, not where you not only where you can make a ton of money, but where you can live intentionally, where you can be getting um, uh, to do the things that you always dreamed of doing, and not just be kind of swept along by the tide. And I'll tell you, it's amazing. The more successful you get, if you don't organize yourself properly, you will become completely an indentured servant to your business. And I don't want you to live that life. And that's why we, we talk about the unshackled life. And the guy that I've got here to visit with you today, I've got one of one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. Hugh Stewart is, I'm going to let you tell, I'm going to let him tell his own story, but I'll tell you, this is a guy who um, has built tons of successful businesses, has solved all kinds of very fascinating, very challenging problems, and has done it in uh, while well, he's also pursued all kinds of other interesting um, pursuits in life. He's been able to, to well, I'll, I'm going to let it unfold. I don't want to give it, but he is the um, he is uh, the, the the president of Financial Copilot. He's the founder of of a, a unique system within Financial Copilot that lets people. Um, who have real significant data issues, migrate data in a way that was not done before and has made uh, what was nearly impossible to do before accessible to um, to business owners. And, and, you know, data is everything in this day and age. And he's figured out a way to do it. I'm going to let him tell you a story. But first of all, Hugh, uh, Hugh Stewart, welcome to the program. Great, great to have you here. Thank you so much, Aaron. It is a pleasure to be here with you. You sound serious. Now, are you having? Did you have a, a hard weekend? Are you recovering, or, or, or are you just uh, tired? <laughs> so, unfortunately, my my daughter came back from a seven week stint in Ecuador uh, about maybe seven or eight days ago, and I guess we're not used to the germs there. So, oh, no. <laughs> she got me with those, and they're about to go back for another three months on Thursday. So I was taking a bit of a nap before this call, just full disclosure. Well, so if I sound right. a little groggy, it was because I took one of my famous mid, mid-afternoon mid naps. Well, you know, Thomas Edison <laughs> used to do that, right? He would, um, Tom Edison would, would be out and he'd be giving a lecture. And, uh, and then he would say, you know, I'm tired. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah. And he would go and he'd go back and take a quick nap. I mean, how, uh, Winston Churchill did the same thing. So you're among, you know, very, very good company. Hugh, in your in your cat napping, so your daughter's feeling okay. Is that right? 
She's better, but whatever she whatever she had, she's now given it to me, and hopefully I'll be on. I'm already on the mend. I feel better than I did yesterday, but so, uh, today was today was a little interesting. Now you live you live where? I always want to say you live in Florida. Is that correct? I do. I do. We live in a place called Plantation, Florida, which is maybe 15 minutes west of Fort Lauderdale. That's where most people know. You know, I was in Fort Lauderdale. I should have called you. I was in Fort you Lauderdale. Should have. I'm on the way to, on the, on the well, Michelle, Michelle and I were going to Cuba. <laughs> Talk about unshackled. Now, President Trump has shackled us from going to Cuba again, but <sighs> we were there earlier in the year. It didn't even occur to me to call you, my friend. I'm so, so but anyway, uh, you guys, anybody that's wanting to go to Cuba, you, you make sure you stop off and see Hugh Stewart in Plantation first. <laughs> um, so, so you, um, your daughter's been in Ecuador now. How, isn't she like five years old? She is. So we, my wife and I, made a, an agreement before we had children that uh, we wanted to take advantage of the neuroplasticity of children prior to the age of six. Okay, explain that neuroplasticity. What? Did, tell Means us what that, you mean by that. For people sure. like me with a. One year of junior college. Explain that to me. No worries. Well, you know, it's interesting. You do more with one year of junior college than most people do with lifetimes of PhDs. So whatever you got. Uh, uh, No worries. Okay. Well, that just means that kids tend to learn a whole lot faster prior to age six. Um, It was one of the reasons I did well in school. One of the things I don't know how I mentioned to you is that my parents started me in kindergarten at age two and a half. So a lot of people thought that I was really smart. No, it's just that I had way more schooling than any other kid my own age. I don't I mean, think I they would let you do that in this country. So wh- where were you doing that? Sure. So my parents had to basically go around to all of the elementary schools in Jamaica when I was, I'd, I'd started to show signs of being able to read at just before turning two. And so my mother actually ran out of things to teach me. And my parents basically said, look, we got to get him into somewhere. And so we, we went to a bunch of schools. They said no. And Miss Brown over at Ligony Preparatory uh, School in Kingston, Jamaica said yes. Wow. And so uh, I, I, I started in kindergarten at two and a half. I redid kindergarten because I was too young to advance. But it put me in a position where I was not really able to come. I mean, no, no other kid was able to really compete with me after that because I'd already had a year on them. And so, that had, so you, I'm sorry. Well, no, but so you had this experience as a, as a child. So it wasn't, it wasn't strange for you to think we're going to start our daughter, you, you and your wife starting your child young in school. And, and this idea of, of neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. you, so you've sent her to Ecuador, did a better kindergarten in Ecuador, or what's the deal with okay. why you want so to go to Ecuador? My wife's story is actually more interesting than mine. She's much smarter than I am. My so, wife is the same, so, so keep going. It, you know, one of the <laughs> things we say to folks half in jest is that the smartest decision you can ever me- make is meet and marry a woman that is smarter than you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's no jest about it. You just want her to be so smart that she figures you out. Right? <laughs> well, so everything I got right, my wife got. I'm sorry, everything I got wrong, my wife got right. So the, the cool thing about my wife is she already speaks five languages. And she was in an elementary school that focused on language when she was a child, ages three through seven. And so, you know, when we had the discussion, it was like, okay, well, what languages do we want for our daughter? And how do we make her an unstoppable, completely unfair force when it's time for her to go to college? And we figured 
You know, she can either go to school the traditional way or what if she spoke four or five languages, had lived all over the world and then showed up as a teenager, you know, at 18 or 19 with a superior education, but also life experiences. What college wouldn't accept her? My wife was had already her her undergraduate degree is from an Ivy League school. Um, I got my master's degree just before she graduated from college. So together we were like, all right, well, how do we game the system so our daughter has a completely unfair advantage when we're done? You know, we're, when we're we're ready for her to to be educated at a collegiate level you know, 15, 15 years from now. And so that was what came out of it. Um, it also prepares her to be able to do anything and truly be a citizen of the world, which is... All right, so, so you said, let's, we're going to give her a lesson. We're going to make sure she speaks a bunch of languages. And so you... So I'm, we're going to... life experience. It's not just about the language. Now, listen, so, everybody, I want, I want all the listeners to pay attention to this. So it might seem like we're off on a rabbit trail here talking about neuroplasticity and, and multiple languages in Jamaica, which is, we're not talking about vacation. We're talking about school. Um, what, what I want to say is this is about being an unshackled person, a person who has opportunity that you get to specifically focus your, your, your life, your lifetime in a way that's going to benefit you. And so Hugh and his wife, who are well-educated people, came up with this intention that when they had children, they're going to put them into multiple languages. And so, so you've been working on that. So is this your first experience? And is that what, what's going on in Ecuador? So she, my, my, my daughter has been going to a multilingual school for the last three years. So since she was almost three, she's been introduced to Japanese and Chinese and, and I'm sorry, Mandarin and a bunch of other languages at the school she attended. There was, you know, one of the things that we required is that one of the teachers in her class only speak in Spanish, but you only get so far in a multilingual environment where the base language is English. So my wife had gone and lived in Chile in her early twenties for six months as you know, I went away and lived in Colombia for a few months when I was ready to get fluent in Spanish. And so we figured, well, the real way for her to really be uh, receptive to being able to speak another language is if she actually is immersed herself. So we determined, uh, we, we devised a plan that for the first seven weeks, we, she and, and my, my daughter would go down there. They basically found a place to live, worked with a family, get, got, got a sense of the lay of the land. We engineered it so that her voice over IP phone just basically plugs into the wall. So instead of her, uh, my wife's uh, extension basically ringing down the hall, it rings in Ecuador. And there's, no, there's a seamless experience with respect to the project work that she has to do for the business we own, et cetera. Um, but she's just in Ecuador. Well, instead wow. of being here. And, so your daughter's uh, learning, your, she's learning Spanish in Ecuador. Yep. Your wife can still work in the business because of technology. Mm-hmm. And you're the lone man in the garden of, uh, plantation in the garden of Eden in Florida. What do you, wh- what does that mean to you that, to have your wife and child away on extended times? What, how does that impact your life? Well, I mean, you know, it's funny we've done it before so when she, we were together 20 years ago when she went to chile to go learn spanish herself and i left her to go learn spanish myself when i went to colombia she didn't come with me and so this is not this is not uncommon for us we were long distance for the first 9 years of our relationship um 
So, so that's not the part that's uncommon. What's interesting is I'm in a new place now with the software business that we're in. And so it's been interesting to be able to appreciate the time to focus, to be able to go after the goals I have with respect to fitness. Um, you know, some of the things that I've always wanted to go after and achieve uh, now become possible in this little window of time. So it's it's an opportunity to express my individuality and be able to develop some new skills. And I'll be honest with you, that much time away from her has really helped the first seven weeks are done. We're about to do another three months. And what I'll tell you is that I appreciate every moment that I have with them more than I ever thought I would. We're incredibly mm. independent people. We're, we've never we've never really been the clinging type. Um, you know, if you knew more about our personal history, you'd see why that would was the case. But uh, it's been it's been an incredible growing experience to be able to understand who I am as a human being without them in this particular phase. Wow. And we're, we're looking to do this again because, I mean, the idea is we want Arabic in the, a very similar way. We want we want um, French in a similar way. I mean, you know, there are plans for my daughter to learn how to speak Hindi because that's part of her heritage. So, I mean, th- this is definitely not just an exercise to see, but it's also hopefully uh, a, a blueprint or a template that we get to experiment with as she grows into a teenager. All right. So, so you said a couple of interesting things, and I want to do a little peek behind the curtain here because, um, sure. you guys, the Hugh is um, Hugh. He's two interesting things. He talked about a software business, mm-hmm. um, and and I know you have the the software business, and um, uh, but you also talked about fitness. Now you're not just a casual guy. See, we're talking about unshackled life. So. He's got his wife and daughter going off to be multilingual in other countries. He and his wife have already done this on their own in the past. Um, so they're off doing that. You've, you've started numerous companies. Mm-hmm. You're also a, a major um, CrossFit guy. And guys, mm-hmm. you, now I want to, you guys maybe will be able to see this in the notes later, but Hugh, Hugh looks, I, Hugh, I mean, I'm just going to say it and don't, don't have your feelings hurt, okay? <laughs> But if you just look at a, a a headshot of Hugh, he looks like kind of this nerdy guy. You know, he's he just kind of looks, and he's bald, but he's sort of soft spoken. You hear this nice voice. Everything's very precise and educated, and like a very pro, uh, professorial. You know, he feels like a guy that would be teaching you something as well. But then if you meet him, if you guys have ever seen the Avengers and seen the Incredible Hulk, so <laughs> instead of being green, he's black, but he's. <laughs> But that's kind of it. I mean, the first time I met Hugh, I thought I don't want ever I don't want to ever tick this guy off because he's he just lift me up and flip me over. I mean, big strong guy. You you your physical package and then the stuff that you do seem to be at odds with each other. That somebody that's so, um, I mean, tell tell him what your degree is in. What what's sure. your what's your degree in? And don't go into a lot of detail. Sure, I'm no checking, I'm making a point here. Sure. So I have a I have a master's and a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from the University which, of Miami, which you got at the same time, right? You got yes, your master's. Right. At, at, I, I managed at, to get into what? a program that, uh, in my sophomore year of college, that allowed me to do my grad school and my undergraduate at the same time. So like I wouldn't wish that on my you had a master's degree. 
At 21, yes. 20. Okay, good. Just rub my nose in it again. <laughs> 21, yeah. you have your bachelor's and master's degree in mechanical engineering. Is that what you said? Yes, sir. But think of, when I think mechanical engineering, I think physical stuff, True. right? But what you got a job right out of college with General Electric mm-hmm. doing what? I, I got into their... It's called the Edison Engineering Development Program at GE Nuclear Energy, a, a small little company in Wilmington, North Carolina called Global Nuclear Fuels. Global and I was hired, Nuclear Fuels, okay. Yeah, I was hired as a fuel designer, a nuclear fuel designer. So you're a nuclear fuel designer, 21 years old, got your master's degree at 21, and you're a GE as a nuclear fuels designer. Uh, and then what we're going to do uh, when, we come, when we come back from the break, which we still got a few minutes, about another minute to go, but um, uh, we're going to talk about how you started to build this life because you'd think that here's a, an immigrant kid from Jamaica, been going to school since he was two or three years old, uh, goes quickly through university, gets an undergraduate and a graduate degree at 21, goes to work in what would seem like a dream job as a nuclear fuels engineer, I guess depending on what kind of dreaming you do, sure. um, nuclear fuels, but for a big company at 21 years old, very heady stuff, working for this enormous uh, a division of General Electric. And you did all that stuff as a young man. Barely, Most people would still say as a kid. Sure. But that wasn't enough for you. It never has been enough for you. And so at a very young age, you, uh, you began your entrepreneurial journey. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break. We're here talking today with the one and only Hugh Stewart. We're going to hear more fun stories from his life and from his international family's life when we come back here on the Unshackled Life program here on the Influencer Channel of Voice America Radio. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Life is complicated, and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Help. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash VA Health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get BetterHelp today at BetterHelp.com forward slash VA Health. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? 
It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Unshackled Life. To reach the show today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Aaron at AaronScottYoung.com. Now, back to The Unshackled Life. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Hugh Stewart, the uh, the amazing world-class uh, top 1% by volume uh, lifter, uh, power lifter, uh, who al- also happens to be a, um, a nuclear fuels designer who went all rogue and went entrepreneurial after uh, bl- blowing through university and master's degree at 21. Um, uh, the guy's a freaking overachiever, which is why we like to have him on the program and um, why I'm bringing him to you because this guy's learned, he's learned the, 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 the trick to success and has become successful in many different avenues, whether it's his um, CrossFit competition, whether it's a wildly successful marriage, whether it's uh, businesses that have ranged from check cashing to to software to um, real estate and so on. We're going to talk some about his entrepreneurial journey, uh, but also in um, – in, in writing and in and in mentoring and so many things at a young age. And this is the kind of people we bring to you on The Unshackled Life. And, you know, if you want to talk to Hugh, if you have an idea, if you're out there, if you have the courage to do it, you can call in at 866-472-5795. 866-472-5795. We'd love to hear from you. And if you don't call in, that's okay. If you're listening to this um, afterwards in a replay, go ahead and write to me. Um, Aaron at AaronScottYoung.com and uh, let's talk and uh, we'll also have Hugh's contact information at the end of the program where you'll be able to find out if Hugh's doing things that that fascinate you and you want to figure out um, how you can sort of follow in his very successful footsteps Hugh will be able to you'll be able to uh, have a way to connect with him at the end of the program now Hugh I know that while you were working for General Electric you became uh, fascinated with real estate is that right? That's correct, Aaron. Yes. And 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 I'm before I tell the story or you tell the story, um, at your peak in real estate, how many in real estate parlance, um, how many doors did you have under your control? So we 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 went through a different a number of different phases. So during our flicks and flip days, we would do between thirty to forty deals a year. Um, there was a phase that came a bit later 
that had us developing, you know, a hundred houses a year. And then when we got into apartment complexes, the idea was to buy a hundred doors a year. So with the various partnerships that I'd had at the time, that was kind of where we, where we went. So throughout my real estate career, we've done, you know, few hundred deals of varying types. One of the things that I talk about is the fact that in the beginning, we didn't get really specific enough. And so we learned lots of ways to make money and not make money in real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if I could give any kind of, I don't know that I'm qualified to give anybody any advice, but if I had to give advice, I'd tell you, get really refined with your strategy as quickly as possible. So you become really good at a few things or rather really amazing at a few things and say no to everything else if you can. You know, Steve Jobs said that the, his, his, his greatest success in life was all the things that he said no to, the thing he was most proud of, all the things that he said no to. Um, and I really, I can't, I can't, um, agree with you any more uh, heartily or vehemently or powerfully. I mean, really, the the biggest mistake that we see business owners make, and you know, I work with tens of thousands of business owners, uh, the, the thing that I see, the biggest mistake they make is they get too broad, too homogenous, you know, and they they try, they're so so desperate to get money. Mm-hmm. So desperate to get the next deal that they'll do any deal that comes along. Yes. And they end up sort of sucking at everything. And that isn't that true? That's and that's that why eighty percent of companies fail. Years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're you're busy. You're busy, but you're doing a crap job on everything. Nice. Instead of really being excellent at a small number of things. And I'll tell you, you know, you, you don't want a generalist. If you're going in for brain surgery, you don't want a general practitioner. You want somebody, if you're going in for surgery on a bone, you, if you're getting done work done on your leg, you don't want a wrist doctor. But if you've got a problem with your wrist, you really want somebody who specializes in wrists and hands. And some people go, well, that's so freaking specific. That seems ridiculous. Well, it's not. Not if you want great results. Not if you want to know the, the most cutting edge ways of getting things done. Well, Somebody I, who's a generalist is never going to be particularly great at anything. So if you want to be unshackled, if you don't want to be a slave to your business, if you don't want to be just another run-of-the-mill Joe or Joanne, I just listen to what Hugh Stewart said. He said, get really great. Be the best. So what did you figure out? What did you figure you could be that because I know that you're you're incredibly good at measuring. So what did you what did you finally sort of zoom in on and go? Here's where I can excel. So the thing I think that worked the best. So I think in the last 15 years we started 34 different businesses or so. Um, maybe that number's a little low now. I, I after an, after a while you don't want to count anymore just because you do, you want to stay positive. But um, <laughs> in 2007. We were doing well in real estate and we happened to get into retail financial services, check cashing, that kind of stuff. Yep. And uh, it was not on purpose. You know, we, we bought a chain, I bought a franchise and hired a manager and that manager was supposed to just keep that as an asset for us. It ended up being that that manager stole money from us. And in order to rescue the business and protect the investors that believed in me and my my wife, we were we were operators of the business at the time, uh, we jumped in and 
within a few years, we took that business from doing, I think when we took over, it was like 10 to nine to $10 million a year in transaction volume. And when we were done and sold it, it was doing around $44 million a year. In transaction, quad, quadrupled it by mm-hmm. by transacting. Now, did you add stores or did, what, did you just become? It was stores. There were five of them. We actually expanded the fleet during that time. We hired and molded the culture of the business. Uh, it was really mm. reborn in our image with our okay. values. Tell us, tell us about that. that that's a okay. So I always stop my guests, and and I I just tell you in advance, Hugh. Um, I know that people get into a role, but I hear things and I think, oh, I want the listener to hear this. So you mm-hmm. just said you you rethought, you rebuilt the business, you mm-hmm. said in your image mm-hmm. based on your value. So tell mm-hmm. us, give us some examples of what you did to take something that I would think would be a kind of a, um, I want to say this in a nice way. No, I mean, please, commodity-based kind of, kind of, business. Kind of a, business, yeah. but kind of a gritty business, you yeah, know, for sure. If you're doing check cashing, these are people that maybe don't have their own bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, maybe they, uh, you know, they're willing to pay a fee to have somebody else check cash your check for them. These are people right. maybe that are day workers or, sure. or I don't, whatever. So maybe not the most glamorous business to be in. Right. So what did you do to go from 9 million to 44 million in a short period of time? I mean, how, how did your your values create an environment where you could grow by such gigantic uh, leaps and bounds? Sure. Three things. One, everybody we didn't like and didn't want, we sent to Walmart. <laughs> Ooh. Think I'm kidding. But um, so our customer, our demographics, we chose not to compete with everybody else. We wanted business owners, so the, 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 we have lots of the people you talked about, but we focused specifically on the roofer who had 12 guys he needed to pay on Friday from a $12,000 job that he got a check from a customer yesterday. And so if he went to the bank with that check, he would have to wait five days and they'd hold it before he was able to disperse to his people. So he would get uh, he would get special pricing from us and access to paying all of his staff within one solution within one afternoon. So it's almost like you were it's almost like uh, like a kind of a, a sort of a variation on factoring a little bit. Sure. Absolutely. That's exactly what check cashing is. It's it's day day version factoring. So you're you're basically taking a, a risk on on a percentage of a check. And you're, you're, you just have better access to better banking tools than, than the regular public and you pay through the nose for it. And you just have yeah. to make the margins work. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. keep going. So, yeah, you're so, looking, so you got really clear on the kind of client you wanted. Yes. You didn't want everybody. You got specific about, so if you get clear on who the client is, then you can go after those clients. Right. right. And right. so we, we forged fantastic relationships with lots, lots, hundreds of businesses in our local vicinity. So we actually knew who was hiring, who was having financial trouble based on the checks that we were cashing for them. Mm. Um, And so that was one. So everybody else that was clogging up my lines at a lower margin, I would refer them to Walmart and Walmart loved it. So what would happen is Walmart would send us everybody who they couldn't cash. They couldn't do these business checks because it wasn't their bread and butter, even though it was cheaper. And so that was the first thing. The second thing was um, we, we, well, I'll talk about it. So something that's really important to me is that if I'm going to do business with you, 
we're not going to just be business people. So it's really important that at every interaction I have with another human being, I see you, I hear you, you matter. So one of the things that I instituted was something called a moment of dignity. And that is a place where we would teach our employees to begin to breathe at the bottom of their diaphragm when they're engaged in a conversation with a customer. And so in that moment, during the 30 seconds that they're transacting, they would become two human beings in that space. The role of employer, I'm sorry, employee. Tell, tell, in, tell us about that. So you, okay, you have them breathing, you have them becoming, I guess you're, you're kind of saying like, having them become very present and it's not yes. just another transaction it's like okay we're here together and at this 30 seconds or 60 seconds you're the only person in the world for me yes and so whatever words would come out of their mouths had a very high potential of being authentic the thing about our customer base in that business is that they were disrespected as a genre of customer so if you become the one place that they feel honored all day they will find reasons to come and spend money with you. It's crazy. Mm. They would send us their aunts, their grandmothers, people. They would come in just so that their kids could have the candy that we used to give out in the front of the store. They wow. just come and find reasons to be in our atmosphere. So that resulted in our growing the last four years at 25% a year in an industry that was shrinking at 8% a year. Mm. Wow. So that was that was number two, and, and okay. unfortunately, so I, folks, so folks, listen. Remember, people do business with who they know, like, and trust. And so Hugh had enough presence of mind to teach tellers standing behind a window to to figure out a way to become not just clerks, but you know, I guess a friend in the moment. Right, somebody who treats you with respect. So n- people do business who they know, like, and trust. And I love that you called it a moment of dignity. I, I hope you don't care. I think I might have That's to fine. steal that. That's, That's fantastic. Okay. Moment of dignity. Okay, what was number three? And so number three was a combination of metrics management. And so you'll you'll dig this. Um, we had all basically, I think, in a in a workforce of maybe twenty employees, we probably had three men. And so we noticed that (laughs) on certain days, we would have a drop-off in sales with certain people. And other days, we'd have drops-off in sales with other people. And so by managing... You're saying that some individual, Mm -hmm. you could tell by your your record-keeping or by how you you measured things that um, from one individual of your couple of dozen employees... Mm-hmm. Who, who was having a good day and a bad day? And so what we were able to do is by, me- uh, by, by measuring the metrics, we were able to cycle employees and give them days off during their, during their special time of the month. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, we just went into weird ground right there. So hold on. <laughs> I, okay, I, so... I, mean, I want to. I need to ask this question, and I want to know that the the views of uh, Hugh Stewart's check cashing business may not reflect <laughs> mine. The, are you saying that um, that you were able to tell uh, when when your female employees were on their monthly cycle, and that those were not their their best days? Yep. Those weren't their best days. Mm-hmm. So did you? So I need to ask this, and because that's. 
No one's ever said that to me before in business beside just you. So, um, I now was so was that a moment of dignity for those women? Was, <laughs> well, they felt was like it, it was. So okay. what happened was. Like, well, uh, how do you how do you but how do you how do you navigate having that conversation without no. a sexual harassment lawsuit? We're, we're not having the conversation. You know what happens is you see the data itself, and what you do is you just simply cycle your scheduling to match the data. It just uh-huh. happens to be a detail that comes up in the conversation that they thank you about. So I wasn't feeling good anyway. Those are perfect dates for me. Thanks a lot. Wow. Yes. All right. So it wasn't that, part that, of- We don't talk about the thing that's causing it because that's not a real conversation to have with an employee. But what was interesting is we met like, so the, the cycle was every morning at 10 a.m. I would have all data prepared for me on all the business from the day before. And I would look at it every single day. And I had a matrix of charts that I would look at. And so I would study every single employee, their throughput, their output, and I would study them by cycle, by week, and production by hour. And so I had very, very good data on exactly what production cycles were on a particular person on a month. And so you were able to deduce exactly when you needed to give that person a rest. And it does two things. One, it preserves your store uh, volume. And two, it also you know, you become an employer that is just like golden because what happens is people are, are really grateful that you, you notice things without talking about them. So one of my very favorite um, quotes of all times, and now folks, this is going to be a little long, so pay attention and then we're going to go to our break. Um, when we deal in generalities, we shall rarely have success. When we deal in specifics, we shall rarely have a failure. When performance is measured, performance improves. When performance is measured and reported back, the rate of improvement accelerates. Go ahead, write that down. We'll be right back on the Unshackle Life right here on the Influencer Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. If you're looking to grow your business, enjoy fascinating relationships, achieve your goals, and find hope in a seemingly hopeless world, you'll want to tune into Coffee with Christy. Host Christy Dryling and her incredible guests have a frank and open discussion every week. 
Think of it as a time to meet with your mentors, get the motivation you need, and remove the obstacles one hour at a time. Coffee with Christy is heard live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Influencers. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are tuned into The Unshackled Life. To reach the show today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Aaron at AaronScottYoung.com. Now, back to The Unshackled Life. You know, I'd love it if you guys that uh, have been listening in on this great conversation with Hugh Stewart, he talked about um, uh, three really important elements that helped him quadruple his business from under 10 million to over 44 million uh, in a few years. Uh, he's talked about it really clear on, on who your client is. Um, he found a way to help his, he called it a moment of dignity, but what it really was, was surprise and delight your customer so that they have a different experience, a better experience that they walked in than they walked in ex- expecting to have. If all you ever do is give people exactly what they expect for an exactly the right price and so on, then it's a transaction that will be quickly forgotten. If you give them, uh, if you if you f- make them feel kind of ripped off in any way, even not heard, they will resent you. Um, but if you do even a small thing, like help somebody standing at a check cashing window feel like an important customer. They will return. They will send their friends. He called it a moment of dignity in that, in that interaction between his employees and their customer. And then he talked about metrics management and getting super clear on making sure that all of his employees were functioning on their best days with their best work so that sales uh, could be at their best place. Now, whether or not you agree with his idea, whether or not you think it sounds uh, politically incorrect, the numbers don't lie. And you've got to get, you've got to treat people like he did with the moment of dignity. You got to treat your people like, not like your friends, not like your slaves, but as human resources. If you're an employer, the more clearly you can get connected with what drives good days, bad days, success, failure, attention, distraction with, with your employees, the more successful you'll be. And if you ignore it because you think that you're it's silly or you think that it, it doesn't really apply to you or whatever, then you do that at your own peril and you'll end up being just another also-ran instead of somebody who's really gained success. This show is about teaching you how to be successful. It's about how to have a life that's the life you designed, not the life that's, that's being just happening upon you. And uh, guys like Hugh Stewart and others that have been guests on this program have said some unorthodox things, but I'll tell you what, the proof is in the pudding. So I hope you're learning from this. Uh, I hope you're really learning from this. Now, 
Hugh, so you've, you, you grew that company to 40 some million dollars and then you sold it. Is that right? That's correct. And, and, uh, did you, you don't need to get overly specific, but, uh, was, were the were the proceeds from the sale uh, did they did they make any kind of significant impact on your life so for a few years it set me free and i was able to go live in colombia my wife and i were able to pick a place we wanted to live in the in the country and that was basically the ticket for us to be able to start a family so and that, at some point at some point you burned through the the spoils of of that sale well right? we started other businesses so you know the sale was always a bittersweet thing because Cash flow is not the same as cash. Right. It was it was a powerful thing because at the end, we had gotten it to the point where the managers were running the business. I was spending 10 hours a week basically just making sure that we were continuing to grow. Um, I was writing books and doing other things. And I think, you know, that was when I got involved in in coaching and some of the other things that we got involved in. And so when, when the sale happened, a bunch of cash is great, but if the cash flow is gone, then it's just a matter of time before that runs out. And, you know, I made a couple of very interesting plays with some of that cash to try to build bigger than I had before. Some of the deals worked out. Some of them were tragic failures, which goes to show you that just because you made a successful business happen you are still not immune to the statistics that require diligent focus, successful management, et cetera. Like you, you don't become a guru just because you've had a win. Yeah. Most, most um, people that hear about the big, you know, it's like, like the, the, the most tragic example are people that win the lottery sure. and how most of them have gone back to where they were within just a few years, you know, uh, and and then of course once you've had a little money and then you don't, it's a hard feeling. It's sure. a tough feeling. But um, the vast majority of business uh, owners that sell and get a big payday don't come back with a big success. Um, that was their one big deal. And I I see people all the time. I know people who've had one big thing that might have set them for life, right. but they've never really done anything remotely close to it a second time. Um, you see people like Richard Branson, who's who started hundreds and hundreds of companies, most of them dismal failures, a few of them terrific successes. Right. And um, and I, I we've had guests on the show who have done have created a business that became a household name. I mean, a, a mega brand. Uh-huh. Um, but that doesn't mean that everything that followed was was even close to the success they had in the first thing so you so what happens is you get out there and eventually you as they say you run out of runway right right? and you've got to get you got to roll your sleeves up again and that gentleman of leisure thing kind of has to go by the wayside and uh, by the way folks i'm gonna i'm gonna put in a plug right here this is a shameless plug but the reason that uh i started to teach the class called the unshackled owner intensive class and you can find out about that over at aaronscottyoung.com but the reason i started teaching it is because while i've never had a mega success i've never had a hundred million or a a half a billion or billion dollar company i've had a whole bunch of five and ten million dollar companies and when you build a bunch of five and ten million dollar companies that um can run on their own without me having to be there that gets people's attention and I, I don't think it's that I'm so smart. I think it's that I've I actually learned 
from the people who had success before me. And and I learned I have learned a lot from you, Hugh. But if you apply correct principles, if you if you as a matter of fact, you have an expression: same rules apply. Yes, that's right? right. When when that's you right. use um, SRA, same rules apply, which that's your thing, and I I call it my freedom formula. But when you follow a system that that has proven results, you'll be able to start all kinds of things and get them up and profitable and not have to become uh, a 60-hour-a-week employee to that business. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. Unfortunately, most people don't follow a system. They They just kind of go along. They kind of drift into most of their businesses, spending all their time on trying to get the next sale and not trying to get to a destination. Right. So what do you, what tell us what what what's your what's your training on that? Give us a couple of minutes on on what did you learn and how has that impacted your subsequent businesses which I know you're having tremendous success again. So first of all the sale of the that's that other business in addition to a bunch of our real estate going away where people corporate buyers just came and took a lot of things. That was an eye opener. I mean, my my thinking was expanded. I had, I remember the day that all the money that came in, all the proceeds from the sale, showed up in one bank account, and it was probably more than I'd ever seen in one place. A mouse click away. Mm. Uh, uh, however, not very much of it was coming into my life because we had investors and partners and all kinds of people that had to get paid for the risk that they had taken on us, you know, seven for the previous seven years. So I made a promise and I said, the next time I do this, here are the things that are going to be true. Um, the, 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 how much was going to come into my life, what our percentage was going to be, the kind of business it was going to have. Um, my wife and I made very strong lifestyle design specifications at that moment. So one of the things we said is we will never be in a business where we have to show up to a place at a time ever again. That was Mm -hmm. one of the things that was incredibly important to us. And so in creating the new workflow for the company we have today, um, it's completely virtual. I have a team that's all around the world. Uh, I haven't met most of my customers we are at an, we, 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 other thing we wanted, I mean, we loved the customers that we had in that business, but we yearned for really intelligent, very excited customers. Mm. And so all of our customers, you don't, you don't do the thing that we do. You don't need us unless your business is growing at 50 plus percent a year. And chances are you're pretty excited about the business that you're getting into that. Those are the customers we have today. And so we're talking to people all over the world that are crazy excited about whatever they're, they're, they're into. And we've learned about so many other businesses based on what we do. Um, I think I shared with you, Aaron, that the rubric we have for creating businesses is we like to start now as the customer first. So I get really good at a problem that I have solved for myself, and then I build that into a modular experience that I can delegate as a function of time to people who can take it and run with it. And so that's how I streamline the systemization of my business as a matter of course, as opposed to just kind of bumbling in and seeing what can be done with the team that I have. So you guys listen to what he just said. And uh, Hugh, I mean, we only have a couple of minutes left, so I want to ask you about your future. But listen to what Hugh just said. He said, instead of him just being the one guy that could solve every problem and, you know, everybody's beating a track to my 
door so I can be the genius. He's saying, figure out the solution and then organize it so you can delegate it so somebody else deals with that task. Uh-huh. This is an enormous gift right there that you just heard. When you, If you will follow Hugh's example and his admonition to become, you know, figure out how to solve the problem and then organize it so you can teach other people to do it and then you don't have to do it anymore. That's how you become unshackled. Tell, uh, and so you're, not even on the teach other people to do it. Teach other people to do parts of it. Because the, the biggest mistake I see a lot of business owners doing, they, they make one or two mistakes. They either define the problem so large that they can't break it up. And so giving it to someone else creates serious insecurity. But by making the problem smaller and more chunkable, you can delegate over time and test and see. And what ends up happening is that the people who take on those roles will do it far better than you ever could. Yes, absolutely agree. So, okay, so tell us what you're, you're, you've built, you're building this company. Mm-hmm. I said it was financial co-pilot. Am I, did I misspeak a little bit on no, that? No, you're fine. So the financial co-pilot is the brand that we operate under and we've created a process that was born out of my own screw-ups. <laughs> my own screw-up. Uh, called a multi-dimensional data conversion solution. And it's for a very specific software. And if you have this problem, we are the guys, we're probably the best guys in the country that offer the solution. And if you don't know what that problem is, don't worry about it. You know, you probably don't need it. You don't need it. So, so what's really cool is that the people who come to us are all referred Um, We have a a host of resellers out there that when this comes up, we're we're the people you call. And the reason that we are the way we are in the marketplace is we're the only company that has ever uh, explicitly invested this much resource into solving that one problem. Okay, so tell me tell me this just in in, because of time. So if you guys are using financial copilot and you need to do data transfer, you need if you have anything about that or know anybody that uses it, let you got to talk to Hugh Stewart. Hugh, give me give me thirty seconds. That's all we've got. Thirty sure. seconds of where? What are you looking forward to as you look into twenty eighteen? So I'm going to be creating a new industry called ERP Concierge Solutions. It doesn't exist yet because I made it up, and it's basically the gap between all those implementation specialists out there that take people from things like QuickBooks and Zero into ERP systems like NetSuite and Intact. How? how, I got it. Well, I'm just watching our time. How how can people reach you if they want to talk about any of that? Sure. Support at financialcopilot.com is the email. Financialcopilot.com is the website. And 910-221-4567 is the phone number. You guys will be able to replay that. You guys will be able to look at the show notes. You'll be able to to learn from uh, Hugh Stewart, freaking brilliant guy at every thing he touches. This program is all about helping you become an unshackled human being, how to live a big life, a life of intention. If you want to be one of us, if you want to learn how to do that, then I I, I dare you to write to me at Aaron at Aaron Scott Young. Let's get on the phone. Let's talk about what you want out of your life. Let me show you how a little bit of change, a little bit of adjustments, a little bit of focus on metrics management can change your life in ways you can't even imagine. That's all the time we have, Hugh. Thanks for being here. We'll be back next week on the Unshackled Life on the Influencer Channel here at Voice America Radio. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to The Unshackled Life. Be sure to join the unshackled owner, Aaron Scott Young, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have a great week.